Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Salam, bonsoir, Fabsters. Welcome to the Fashion Lab Show, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. My name is Lisa Gumba Regisford, your host, and thank you for tuning in once again. Now, one of the very cool things about Fashion Lab is the fact that we sit down here, we have these conversations, we unpack them on a week-to-week basis. And we hope that for you, the listener, you can actually leave with a sort of dose of something, whether you apply it in your fashion business or whether you apply it in your way of how you consume fashion or however way you you see it fit. But this is the reason we have these conversations. Um, Today, we are going to be recapping on a couple of really interesting conversations we've had on the show uh, for weeks and weeks to go. And the reason that I think that the recapping is really important is because of the fact that we overload you guys with so much information. Everybody gets information overload from every angle. And I find that one of the things that we do is if we are able to recap, then you might be able to find a conversation or find out that there's actually a conversation we've had or dissected on the show that you may have missed. And then we can take you back to uh, sort of plugging into that. So I hope that this is going to be beneficial for you. I hope you're going to have fun because that's what we do in this house or in this lab. And uh, yes, this is the Fashion Lab radio show. Uh, we hold it down here every Tuesday, uh, 7 to 9 p.m. live. And before getting into deep on today's topic, allow me to introduce our contributors who also bring the show to life through their interest interesting uh, sort of yet diverse insights. Now we're joined by our contributor and partner Edgy Benson who also runs NU in New York with his Echoes from New York. Welcome to the show Edgy. Aloha. <laughs> you <did? laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you deaf on this house or not? <laughs> I did house now. This is so cool because this is our recall show. I know we're going to be doing a few of these recall shows once in a while, so I'm really excited. I'm also very excited. <laughs> How are you and what are you wearing today? Who made your clothes? Today I'm going to diesel appoint you. should i tell the people what you're wearing edgy or should we move on should i tell them or will you tell us be creative or do something come on no because i do have my diesels on but oh yeah i do have some a real cool pair of bali chelsea shoes on so that that at least that at least sort of breaks the ice so thank you very much (laughs) for joining us we definitely love to have you on we are also joined by our contributor um, with her glamish, who's right here in studio looking at me in her leopard print. Okay, sorry, I kissed and tell, I told. <laughs> this is Zakia Bam with Glamish. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Liz. It's good to be here. Thanks so much. I know, it's good. And we've got the same... It is. Okay, we've got the same <laughs> nose rings on, and I promise I didn't copy you. I've just, I just lost my stud, and I've been saying I'm going to buy one every day. But what are you wearing? Who made your clothes today? Um, so I'm wearing a little wrap-over leopard dress today, and I've got an a bright pink shoe and I've got a bright pink eyeshadow to match it. It oh. is October. It is the month of cancer. So that is what I'm wearing today. Hey guys, <laughs> I almost went bright pink on my <laughs> lips, but whew, I kind of missed that bus a bit. But welcome to the show and thank you for joining us as always. Good to be We're here. also joined by a contributor um, we, uh, all the way from LA, keeping it real with Amanda, which is Amanda Vananan. Welcome to the show, Amanda. And thank you for joining us. Hi, everyone. Hi, thank Amanda. You. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine from sunny Los Angeles. Very nice. Who are you wearing? Who made your clothes today? Um, I'm just wearing a simple dress by Ghost. It's an English designer. They do a lot of very, very free flowy stuff that you can pack really easily. And it, even when it wrinkles, it looks good. So I'm wearing a dress by Ghost and I'm just wearing some slippers by Gucci. 
Hmm. Nice. I need pictures, girls. Very, very <laughs> casual day to day. And if somebody could just ask me what I'm wearing once in a while, it's a recap. I was I just <laughs> about to say that, Lee. Please <laughs> indulge us. Okay, ask me the question. What are you wearing, Lee? All right, well, today I'm wearing a very simple um, Lisa Gumbo. Very, very simple. So, this is something I created about four or five years ago. It goes from season to season. So, it's seasonless. It's. Uh, not really a trend it's just a very comfortable a-line dress and a lot of people who buy my skirt say oh my gosh if i buy this skirt what will i wear it with i'm thinking gosh how many <laughs> tops don't you guys have tops in your wardrobes but anyway it's a dress that looks like a skirt and blouse and the first thing zakia did is say i like your skirt and your yes. top and i said it's a dress <laughs> so anyway i'm feeling Gorgeous. very flat flat in my uh, little dress and i've got some nice beautiful classic dngs uh nice pair of stilettos that i got a long time ago i love this classic stuff that you can wear 10 years later and look like you just walked out of a vogue suit right i need pictures all right uh we have pictures but guys we are tuned um we are tuned into the Fashion Lab show. Now, what we want to do is I want to also, guys, just remind you to stay tuned, catch up with our Wine Style Guide, where we touch base about everything stylish about wine, because I think wine and style definitely go hand in hand. And lastly, a quick reminder to you who are listening, at the end of the show, we have my favorite segment called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share with us your who's and your why's. It's sort of like that little ice cream that we have after the show. Uh, keep your tweets coming. We're at Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We're at Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook and we definitely want to hear from you now enough of what we are talking about the fans about to begin we've got a lot to catch up on and I want to just start by recapping uh, straight from where we left now again another thing I just want to remind you guys we've dissected so many conversations and I remember when we started Fashion Lab in 2014 uh, and I remember we were at a different station and I was talking to the person and he's like, aren't you guys going to run out of topics? I'm like, fashion is like water, like, like water is life. You can't run out of topics around fashion. So we've talked and touched on so many different topics over the years and we still continue to do so. And what I want to do is start uh, uh, by a quick recap on one of the really important topics that we've dis dissected in the last, say, two, three, four months. So we're going to touch quickly on Africa's fashion history. And I think that, you know, another thing or another reason that I thought it was a great way to start when we started with Massive is to sort of bring in the basics and the foundation, you know. A lot of times uh, we live, like, for example, we live in this continent, and I know there's a lot of Africans who live in this continent, but I promise you, ask them what Akwate is, they will look at you and say, eh, ah, I don't know. So what I want to do is through this process, we also get to, edu to, edu to educate you, edutainment to some extent, because we have lots of jokes on here. Trust me, if you miss Comedy Central, you can just stay tuned here and we'll also give you what you need. So guys, I want us to just touch, start by touching on Africa's fashion history. And Edgy, um, I know that we did recap. Uh, Amanda, you're welcome to come in with your fresh thoughts. But let's start with you, Edgy. What is sort of your recap and your uh, on this topic based on what we have dissected in the past and based on where we are and where we're going i mean it was it was our first show with massive so it was important i mean africa and fashion that history itself you know that in itself that is history you know um i know we we talked about all the influences africa has you know and uh, it remains a big story like when you look at all the big collections especially this 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 
the 20 like resort 2020 across collections uh you will see that a lot of the silhouettes are so african in a way so you almost feel like the whole of the 60s in fashion were so african Which you is, know there was yes. you go ahead there was so much color would, you know, would, you, I mean, Edward, would you say that the what we saw in the 60s, what we saw when we go back to the 18th century, would you f- say and feel like they're still very prominent when it comes to where we are today? And would you still say that it is more categorized or sort of um, labeled as African fashion or is just as just fashion? I think like it, it, to be honest with you, it is no, never there's probably not a better time to draw that relationship than now because when you look at the silhouettes when you look at the prints the boldness of the prints because african print africa is not just about the print it's about the nature of that print the context of it there's a certain bright sunniness about african prints and that's what you see now in 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 the collections it's just a certain whatever the print the print may not be african but it's got that sunniness that vibrancy around about it so i, I think in terms of Africa's influences. Sometimes they are not, you can't see them immediately, but they are like the bedrock of certain certain looks, you know? Um, so for me, I just think that Africa remains super relevant. And even away from the clothes, in terms of all the controversies, in terms of how the designers are misadvertising and getting into all of this, Africa remains a big, a big part of, a, a big, axes on which these conversations are revolving like did someone advertise right did someone misappropriate something um so african fashion that relationship remains so big big beyond clothes big beyond shapes and forms but it's very contextual now yes so so for for listeners who are tuned in you know we've got a big fat beautiful history we go way back to the 18th century when you think about african fabrics which were sort of created um across different regions and now you realize that obviously large africa is not us is not a what do you call it we say africa is not a country <laughs> so it is true i'm so tired of wearing those things because i'm tired of explaining to people that i am not from africa the country i'm actually from the continent and then from the east africa and then from kenya and then from the lua tribe and then like anyway and i've said but Africa is quite large and diverse, and that is why the idea of this uh, conversation was really important. Is to also just open your mind into what it is, what it is, and how the skills sort of flow from the rest of the continent or from within different parts of the continent. So you find that in each country is influenced by several factors. You think about environmental, you think about trade, you think about migration. And obviously, despite the fact that very little has been recorded around the origin of African fashion, the style is definitely a subject uh, that has become such a big thing in the industry. And I believe that, yes, then there was nothing much recorded. Now there's a lot recorded. And I think it's just how to be able to also use this as an opportunity to conserve or to identify with the sort of um, elements of what African fashion means and then sort of like conserve that so that we don't lose that thing because that's our ba- those are things those are things we have to cu- conserve culture if we don't conserve culture there's no cu- there's no culture um amanda yeah yeah what are your thoughts on african fashion its influence obviously the fact that african fashion has come a long way and uh we obvi- obviously also have a very long standing um skill when it comes to craft when it comes to textile weaving dyeing printing 
What is your take on where we are coming from and where we are going and the current situation with all of the hype being on Africa and African fashion right now? Um, you know, when I think of African fashion and the history, you know, I think uh, you know there is a long history, but I don't know if in the beginning of time if Africans really recognized it as fashion because fashion, you know, it's it's like, you know, um fashion today is very conceptualized and you know they have seasons they have this and so i think there's a lot of things that came out of africa which to us back then were not recognized as fashion right mm-hmm. they were just this is the way i dressed and this mm-hmm. is the way i do that and you know but then you know obviously there is a lot of fashion elements because there were certain things that like the queens would wear the kings would wear the people of a certain tribe that and all that has kind of evolved into a modern you know into a modern thing but i would say when it comes to african fashion i feel like the western world plays a big part in helping us it's like what you said earlier actually realize you know what i mean and conceptualize what fashion is to us you guess what i'm saying yeah. because i don't think we called it fashion per se it was just like what you did you know people just walk close and <laughs> just <laughs> showed up <laughs> you get where i'm coming but the western world is really and i feel like in the last like decade we are actually beginning to go you know like because we saw western designers taking african elements using it in their shows the masai the the fabrics the prints the this the that and i remember like way back ago people would say oh yeah they're copying this they did but now we started owning it and realizing that we have something you know as africans that we can transcend fashion as well and that you know like the more um the fashion itself and the more um I want to say the wider scope of fashion we start to look for things in our nativity and in our culture you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that can transcend into our fashion pieces and so i think africa has a long way to go um as in positively like a long way like we have so many things that are coming out of africa now so many prints so many designs and but the thing is you know when i start thinking about fashion i think because we're so much at the cutting edge i feel like and because of the great influence of europe on fashion i feel like a lot of african designers tend to make their fashion european instead of coming out with their own total new ideas you know what i'm trying to say but amanda so, do you think also that globalization may have played a big role in that in the sense globalization that globalization plays a big role but western designers come out with brand new concepts of fashion and everybody adapts to it you understand what i mean so what i'm saying is you can do the same you know like i'm not saying if you're going to design a skirt like you with your fashion list you always change con like you i notice like you know you'll just do a twist you know like the end of the skirt will be like this or that and that's good <laughs> because you add something else but a lot of african fashion designers will just see a versace dress and copy it in an african print <laughs> okay i i need to say something to the, i need to say something to that right yeah Okay. I think I think I think we do a, a, a disservice to African fashion when we think about just the shapes because I think Africa's influence on fashion is way beyond shapes. I said that. I said that. Because right. like 
I do feel like you know, like fashion is like your swag, right? Mm -hmm. When you think deeply about it, like I was, I would almost say that, like Africa is where, like we are, like the we are the, the root of swag. We are the heartbeats. <laughs> when you look at the the Yoruba culture, for instance, that culture is so full of swag, you know, and even the Maasai, it's all full of swag. So I think. The relationship sometimes, when we look at it from just the sh terms of shapes and prints, we can we can miss out on the real impacts Africa has. So what I'm saying, EJ, is we didn't <clears throat> recognize our swag as swag. True. Well, you, we you, could say yes. so. you can say And so. I agree you with you, Amanda. Yes. I, agree I agree with you with as that. well. And I think I what it is, is when totally. you do, it's like doing things that you do. You just wake up, you comb your hair, you brush your teeth, you put on your lipstick and you go and you don't realize the swag in that heartbeat of yours you know as you're walking yes you don't realize eh, hey now this is the magic so i think nah. yeah so i think it's about realization and i think about the conversation around copying is a very big conversation um and i think it's gonna have to be a conversation for another day because um it's funny how Somebody very close to me used to say to me, why do people just copy that stuff? They're I said, that's not copying. That's an influence. I'll show you a copy and I'll show you an influence. And I exactly. And you just use the magic word list. That's okay. what I'm saying. Why are we not bringing our influences into fashion? I mean, we are now a bit. But, you know, it's like, but people are not doing it enough. It's like, you know, when Kanye desi designed those capsules, like flesh toned and everything. I mean, tight fitting capsules were nothing new, but the flesh tone thing, was kind of new you understand what i mean and people were wearing and it was totally different you know so i mean you know i'm not saying you should design do a, a catwalk with boo-boos alone or like rappers <laughs> or whatever but i'm saying try and bring something new you understand what i mean and see and you know don't you think so ej because you're the fashion perspective so I know from a design perspective, I know like people like Lee's, right? They bring a lot of Africa into their work. And that's a very visible Africa that you see. But there are other people, a lot of African designers always bring Africa with them. But they bring it in little subtle ways. But it's still Africa though. You know? No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I like, yeah. like, you know, you know who I like that does that, who I think does that really well is that um, Duro. Dur Duro Low. But yes. he, he is, but but see, if you look at Duro's work, you don't have to guess if he's, if he's African. He is African. Yeah, yeah but I like that. So I like that because it's still yeah. so classic, so modern. You know, like, I, you know, you, you just turn up and everyone will be looking at you like, where did you get that from? Guys, I know, I know, I know that this conversation can go to Abia State and then move from Abia State and get into Senegal and then move to Burkina Faso. So what we will do is, for those who are tuned in, this is a very interesting conversation. And if you didn't catch it, we obviously the idea is to just uh, recap a bit of the highlights on it. And then you can also visit fashionlabafrica.com and actually listen to the whole podcast. Uh, now in Nigeria, you've got like uh, really rich textiles, uh, a lot of handwoven you think about the aquatic cloth, you think about the ukarak ekpe, you think about uh, ashoke. I mean, there's like, it goes on and on. Then you move into the Ewe people with the kente cloth. Then you move into Sahili and Africa with the dashiki, uh, for those who might know. And what's interesting is while I'm recapping this also, just realize, and I'd love you guys to send out your tweets and share with us what 
uh, fabrics, African fabrics or textiles or cloth that you think are more prominent? Because there are certain types of cloth that you might have never heard of. And maybe what's happening is we also need to also start focusing and finding ways to start pushing out more of what people don't know because it's there. It's not not there. It's just that if we don't talk about it, if we don't push it out there, who's going to know? I mean, Nigeria, they say, who no, no, go, no, but you will only know when we tell you. So you think about um, moving forward into the mud cloth which by the Bambara people. Uh, you think about the Ankara, uh, which is obviously a big mix of the African prints uh, in West Africa. You think about Chitenge in uh, Zambia. We call it Kitenge in East Africa. You move forward. to So there's so much. I mean, East Africa, we've also got the Kanga. We've also got the Ethiopia. You've got the Ethiopian suit. You've got the Habisha Kemis in Somali. You've got so much in this continent. Like I said, Africa is not a country hashtag. And for those of you who are tuned in, send us your favorite African prints or textiles and allow us to also introduce others to you because there's so much in this continent. Before we wrap up and move on to the next topic, I just want to touch base with uh, Glamish Zakia here in the house. What is your two cents around that African fashion um, sort of uh, conversation what did you bring to the table from a glamish perspective from a glamish perspective but what can they remember yeah um okay most definitely it's like how amanda said um people are finally especially africans are finally starting to be proud of it we finally starting to um own that we proudly african and it's about breaking borders you know a lot of i think a couple of years back it was a lot of i'm south african you kenyan he's from mozambique it's about breaking the borders and becoming one and finally um, moving ahead as a continent instead of a country. So, yeah. <laughs> and I remember that you also used a lot of... Um uh, I, I remember you used a lot of um, demonstration on even just the blog because we obviously transferred that conversation to blogs yeah. as well for those who want to. Yes, so it was uh, focused a lot on African skincare, um, using natural products, going back to the roots, going back to the basic scene. Tribal makeup trends. Yes, <laughs> tribal makeup trends. Um, how it's uh, how it's moved like Cleopatra. I mean, she basically started the wing eyeliner and I mean, Western beauty has taken it over as it being Western, but it actually it, it started from Cleopatra. Guys, that is um, Africa Fashion History 101. If you know what's good for you. Guys, if you're tuned in, tune in. Check out fashionlabafrica.com or tune in on massivemetro.com for those of you who are tuned in. And share with us your favorite African textiles or African prints or whatever it is that you deem African fashion. So we can share with you ours because, you know, sharing is caring, right? We'll be right back after this music break. This is Massive Metro. Zihamba Pansy. You are tuned into the Fashion Lab radio show. Oh my gosh, I'm running out of breath, guys. I was just like stretching. But anyway, <laughs> this is Fashion Lab Radio. We are dissecting the business behind fashion. We're just going through a recap on where we have uh, or topics we have touched on in the last, say, two, three months. And the conversation and the reason to do this is to be able to just remind you, just in case you missed a very important topic, you can always get your time and uh, visit us on fashionlabafrica.com and tune in or iTunes or SoundCloud, whatever is good and easy for you. We're joined by Amanda Vananan. We're joined by Zakia Bam. We've got Edgy Benson in the house and we are talking. And I hope that it's all right that we can continue to talk and have this conversation. Yes. So the second um, topic or the second, uh, yes, topic that I think we should just touch on a brush on briefly was also a very important one. We actually had two parts in it. If you guys remember protecting your cultural IP, 
which became such a big thing. And um, for those who are tuned in, the cultural IP uh, conversation has been so big that every time we're sitting and saying, what should we talk about? I just like cultural IP. I'm like, we already did that. Can we just wait like another month or two? But it's definitely uh, has become a bigger struggle for the fashion industry and it's at its highest peak to maintain an ethical business model. And, it, and it's true. You look at all the cases, you turn on fashion news and nine times out of 10, someone's slapping someone with a lawsuit for doing something or do taking stealing their cultural IP or whatever it is. So I think that for me, the reason that we wanted to bring this collation up and we did bring it up and we actually have it on the podcasts was to just sensitize you so that you can also think and also just be aware of what it means and how you can actually protect it. And my concern, like I said, and I'll say again, it's not about who inspired, it's not about who is inspired and how they apply their creative stories, but the fact is that it goes deeper than that. So inspiration is one thing. The people that you draw inspiration from, how many of them actually give to Caesar back what belongs to Caesar? So with the f- the, there's no, people say, why are you making such a big deal about it? And I'm like, listen, if something, is inspired by Zakia's necklace and you want to take it and it's a very tight community and it's something that's a cultural heritage why don't you just say it and we are releasing this thing and it's inspired by Zakia's necklace what's so hard about that mm. so guys edgy <laughs> the floor is open and Amanda what are your thoughts around it is there anything you want to touch on or share around I know there's been countless cases of cultural appropriation in Africa and beyond so this is not just an African conversation and because we spoke about globalization globalization is here what happens here happens probably almost everywhere anyway any thoughts in the house for me I think to be honest I think that for me the thought house as a designer too with, with different inspirations from different places you know where you know so I always wondered what is the best way how do you best show how do you best appropriate you know a culture you know so like you just said a man mentioned of saying okay i was inspired by this uh by this culture i think that that is that is one way maybe just simple something as simple as that you know um for me i to be honest with you i've, I've always struggled with okay yes this is an issue cultural appropriation but then again without the cultures fashion has no base you know so <laughs> it's just You've got to have these cultures to feed you, and this, and the, you cannot be narrow. You've got to be wide enough that to allow yourself to be inspired, influenced by many things. You know, in terms like the fabrics, like this, this, um, the Mayan people in 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 Mexico, in Peru. You know, all of this, the, the fabric architecture is just unbelievable. And and you look at what the Maasai people do and the, the blankets and you look at what those guys do too it's so similar so you see that fashion itself gives us this this incredible playing field you know of old influences from different places that actually look alike you know so i'm always wondering are we are we misappropriating or are we respecting you know so it's exactly. like it's, it's, it's hard to say Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Okay. Amanda, before Amanda, you come, I just want to say, guys, remember, Nuno Gama of Maison Nuno Gama says, cultural appropriation to comprise of all types of acts that do not dignify the culture of the people and withdraw its meaning and dignity. When people say they are offensive or culture says it's offensive, this is the part where we can't be coming with our big mouths talking about what the hell, why are they so sensitive? They are sensitive about their ish because it's their ish. 
So yeah, Amanda, come talk to us. <laughs> okay, when it comes to cultural IP, I you know it's I think cultural IP, and I don't want to use this word. I agree with EJ, hundred percent. Part of it, it's very hard to place. So I think because look at for me, like someone that I've lived all over the world. I've lived in the UK, I've lived in Africa, I've lived here, there, there, there. So today I sit in my let's say I go to my studio and I design something. And these are influences from where I've traveled. And I and sometimes it might be something that came from my mind. You understand what I mean? But those influences are subtle in my mind, right? So I designed this and people go, oh my God, you didn't, you know, get, you know, permission or IP from this, but it had nothing to do with those cultures. <laughs> it's just what came from my mind. You see what I'm yes. saying? Based on the influence of my life. So I think when we talk about cultural IP, we have to be very careful. You know, when it comes to the fabrics and techniques and stuff like that, that's different. You know what I'm trying to say? Or a particular way of weaving or something. But when we, the, the thing for me with cultural IP is like, it's a very gray area because culture is constantly evolving. And you know what I'm trying to say? The Messiah of 200 years will be different from the Messiah of today. You know, so I um, Amanda, <laughs> um, I don't think so. I promise these people have been like that for like, okay. No, they've been like that. But what I'm saying is in 200 years, they'll be, they'll, you know, it's like England of 200 years is not England today. People are not Absolutely. wearing People are not yes. wearing Victorian outfits. We evolve. Everything in life changes. That is the guarantee of life. <laughs> guys, I'm and sorry. So I just have torture. to ask. I have to ask quickly. Are you guys mad that there's people who still walk in mud clothes? Like, have you seen how the Maasai live in Maasai land? Seriously. These people dress no, bad. But they, no, seriously. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying that there's, there's modern... We are so we are so modern. So we are we allow ourselves to be influenced, and we will continue to evolve until death do us part. In two hundred years, the young Messiah children will not be living in the Messiah. A lot of them would have gone to big cities. <laughs> <laughs> so that Messiah fabric into jean, into a pair of jeans or a dress. That same Messiah fabric will be a dress, and that is how their culture would have evolved. It's true. I think our cultures will continue to fray at the edges. There's nothing we can do about that. That is you know? how. I mean, look at <laughs> look at all these Africans that now live in the diaspora, and they have influences of their culture mixed with. I mean, I see African girls here. They wear their little kente cloth with their tight little jeans and have their booty out, but they're still. That's their new culture, you know. So culture is constantly Sorry to disturb yeah, you, Min. Those are people that um, people that have modernized, as you said. Thank you. And have allowed but themselves yes. to go through the evolution. If you come to Africa, there's a lot of tribes and a lot and of places yes, hardcore. that are hardcore. Like, and, are, Go home, Amanda. and they don't change and they don't believe in change. In 200 years? Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you something, guys. And I'm not very familiar with it. The Zulu people who walk with their with the their clothes way. off that I say is offensive is that isn't it's offensive to me because I'm like how can they how can they just walk like that like where is, it's beautiful. where is their bra but then no, like it's not but then how long have they been doing that haven't they been boots? doing that for years and years exactly. and this, okay, does yes. someone think it's gonna change someone can someone no, tell me I, I don't think because it'll change I've also been I've also been to one of those things when I was in South Africa where I saw it was one of those um, ceremonies where they had all those girls in their little thing and they were all topless. You know that thing? Yeah, that's like the Like an one. initiation ceremony. Yeah, that one. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Some of those girls that were doing that went to that initiation ceremony were in high school where they wear dresses and putting lipstick on, but they went to try and perform in front of the king in case he'll marry them. So they're bringing 
they're influenced. You understand? I'm not. I'm saying like in a lot of these cultures, there are a lot of people that are going into the cities and bringing elements of modern culture back. And with time, those influences it might not change totally, but it it it, it adapts to a new culture. It's true. Wow, I mean, in my place, people walk around with people still walk around in my village with bare boobs. But I mean, sometimes I they wear jeans with it. Oh, Edu, now you know. Edu, that's a remix right there. Yeah. And we're going to hold you accountable. Do not put the Calaba people no. to shame. Yeah, Abel, no. Please. <laughs> no, we know. it's cultural, though. It's really cultural. I mean, it's it's what the, the Zulu people do it that way. We do this. We do exactly Baba, you didn't thing. talk about this Zulu thing until we brought it up. Now you're trying to say the Calaba do this thing. Okay, fine. We do, actually. Let's, <laughs> guys, let's really keep this tight. Um, I think I want to roll over to you, Zakia. Do you have any reference from a glamish perspective around this conversation when it comes to cultural, cultural appropriation? Like I'll go back to, as I said, Cleopatra, as I just spoke about now, um, that also is cultural appropriation. It started back in Africa. Um, Cleopatra was African, and I mean, they portrayed her as being a white woman. Um, so that that exactly is a cultural appropriation. I mean, all her beauty, all her beauty trends from bathing in milk to the cat eye was all was all part of her. And I mean, it was rubbed off and it was played as being Western society. Wow, guys, me, that area is a gray area. I will not talk about it anymore. Where is Miss Uduak? Where is Miss Uduak when we need her for this? But listen, you know what? For those who are tuned in, share with us again your tweets, honestly, around your mindset around this really big thing. Because it is a big thing. Yes, there's a big, fat, gray area in it. But cultural appropriation is real. And there's ways that you can actually conserve your cultural IP. So you understand, you just need to go understand what your cultural IP is. Yes. And then you have to help a lot of these communities that are actually getting um, uh, abused or getting um, used and abused are cultures that have a lot of uh, their people or their communities who actually are either illiterate, um, do not really speak English, do not, you know, they, it's hard for them to go and fight for their rights. Yeah. So what happens is they need representatives. And then obviously you'd assume that the governments or there's got to be some bodies in with that govern a community that should be able to help protect these cultures. But anyway, this is a really cool topic. If you missed that podcast, you can go back and find it on fashionlabafrica.com as we roll over to labor exploitation. In the fashion industry, which was another big bang, bang, bang. Yeah, that was a big thing. We spoke about Harissa Park in Ethiopia. Uh, the fact that, you know, these guys are earning about just less than 25 or $26 a month. Please tell me, guys. And that's just one situation. We really touched on this. We opened up on this. And it's not just mm -hmm. one place. Um... We remember what happened in Bangladesh. We remember there's so many stories. So when we talk about labor exploitation, uh, Amanda, do you have any two cents or edgy to add on? And then obviously we're going to refer you guys to go back. And of course I always have two cents <laughs> yeah. to add on. Well, let's start with you, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> okay, as, as far as it comes to that topic, a lot of it, I will say labor exploitation would not stop as long as we in the Western world or wherever it is expect cheaper, fast fashion and all that type of stuff. Because a lot of these clothes that we're buying for $4, $5 at Primark and all this thing, for them to be able to make their margins from those clothes, 
they have to exploit people and it's not right you understand what i mean so i feel like the thing about exploitation brings in a lot of topics like sustainability and all this type of stuff because if we start you know if we start you know re- respecting fashion or just respecting what we wear and not going for like just buy and throw attitude it will help also curb because a lot of these companies are corporations and they're just working for their margins and they are exploiting people but the average person that goes to H&M or Zara or any of these places does not really care you know they just go and buy it but for these companies to survive they have to get the labor cheap 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 and unfortunately if they start paying more clothes are going to get more expensive yeah i think it's it's a conscience thing as well amanda but i think that there's people there's consumers like us because of I think for me first of all fashion lab has really opened up my my eyes and my ears and my heart in a way that when I do things I actually think I'm more mindful than I used to be because fashion is just one thing when it comes to just consuming you find a nice beautiful red dress buy it go home but the questions even when we ask on this show guys who would you want to dress no well when we ask who would you want to dress that's different but when we ask what you're wearing who made your clothes it's a, it helps you trigger that thing it's like okay fine it actually reminds you of who you're wearing and if it's diesel like edgy who wears diesel every day you think okay fine uh what is the situation with these people how sustainable ethical are they when it comes to how they actually play in business um do have we ever had any lawsuits around you know labor exploitation those are the things you think about because if you're wearing them then you're actually contri- you're contributing to what they're doing that is actually killing us and killing the industry um yeah so i'm just saying yes and i, I think for for you who's tuning who's tuned in we are not saying we're the best i'm just saying that when you listen to these things a bit more you'll actually become more mindful and maybe when we all stop buying those things from Primark or Mr. Price or what's the other one well i don't know where Mr. Price produce i take that back please don't kill me i don't know where they produce but i know that there's other places that if someone's selling you a dress for five, $2 who made that dress mm. i mean this is all plus their markup is $2 okay that's true anything <laughs> on the glamish side Zakia, it's very quiet in this fashion lab today. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm taking I, I that's why I love the show because I learn so much and it it really it makes you think. It makes it makes the brain think. Um you know ga- you think about the garment workers. You know when we had last for the for the previous conversation we had around this from your Clark Calvin Klein, H&M, Tommy Hill, Zara, Mac Jacobs, Coach, Michael Kors, Topshop. Seriously, we are all wearing them. So let's not it's not like we are we are not wearing them. It's just like gosh, how do you fix a problem? of this magnitude. All right guys. That means silence, it means we are guilty as charged and we're going to move on to take a quick music break and we'll be right back. <laughs> this is Fashion Lab Radio dissecting the business behind fashion and we are just having a recap around really um important topics that we've been able to dissect within the last so say 2-3 months. And I hope that for those of you who are tuned in you're actually enjoying the show and that you're getting something out of it. Uh, keep your tweets coming on Fashion Lab AF. We're on Instagram on Fashion Lab uh, Africa and Facebook on Fashion Lab Africa as well. So we are moving on. This is a really interesting conversation. Uh, we're just unpacking one conversation at a time. And I'd like us to just move straight on to music and fashion. Actually, no. Let's talk about Fashion Weeks briefly. 
we did talk about fashion weeks we had ifioma from dnv uh, dmv we also had um i can't remember which other guests we had on that show but edge that was a very interesting topic and uh i think that we can yeah. just recap bit on it because fashion weeks um is a big thing i remember my argument was i am bored and uh, as a yay or nay uh, and i think before we start this recap do you guys think that fashion weeks are actually still relevant uh is it a yay or nay should they go should they stay big yay <laughs> super relevant well <laughs> um edgy what would you like to unpack a bit about fashion weeks anything you want to touch on um i think they remain the most singular way to show in any yeah, way I that agree. they are done in any way that they are done like this year paris paris fashion week actually very strong so you know they are there if there's an evolution going i think they're going to come out even stronger in just the new ways that we do them i so, agree with them yeah. It's going to be tough to say no to I them. I think fashion weeks are great way to express and show and especially with the amazing shows. I feel though that fashion weeks should be more accessible because a lot of times they're not accessible to people who are not in fashion, who are not editors, who are not rich, who are not this that that, that. you know what I mean. So I feel like a lot of these fashion weeks they should have you know x amount of seats just dedicated to the general public i mean people get in cuz you go in with a friend or guest or whatever but if you don't have an end you're not sitting in that tent well, one of the things yeah go ahead edgy i just want no, i, I just want to add to that sorry amanda i just want to say that with the rise of the digital world and the fact that you know like it got to a point where there's designers who actually just say do not bring your phone in do not turn your phone in while the show goes on of the experience because of the fact that I'm thinking that fashion week became accessible already through technology and through the digital um um, evolution <laughs> and it became so accessible that maybe uh, people just got bored they're like you mean that's what we've been missing all these years <laughs> i don't no, know no. but people that have been experiencing want to go less so they should make x amount of tickets just available to the general public that people that have never been to this you take it for granted because you've been or you have access but people that say oh my god you invite them to a fashion show they're like oh my god oh my god oh my god it is you know <laughs> what i mean because it's like human beings it's like going to the theater when you watch a show that's put on you know it's it's an experience it's a cultural experience I mean, that's one thing you should realize we right, right now designers are even asking you anything about your phone because i think they were saying things about your phone because then the instagram was growing and people were scared but now people see that if you live streaming their show is huge for them they love it you know so nobody's telling you not to bring your phone you know well they started with that shakaran they said please put your phones away and then <laughs> now they've realized now they've Some realized do that. Like yes this year, but but um, sorry amanda <coughs> now they've realized that actually we need the hype so bring it back bring your phones yeah. Yeah, some of them still do that like Rihanna did that this year. Yeah, sometimes yeah, if that yeah. is they're bringing something new and the reason Rihanna yeah. did that though was because Amazon was releasing her show. So she they exactly. didn't want it out before the show. Exactly. Well, I guess it depends on what's happening, right? <laughs> who's showing who's Well, we need fashion weeks cuz human beings love a circus. They love theater 
But a couple of weeks ago when we did speak about the topic, I was, I was old, I think, more on the nay. But I think nowadays, like, especially like we're saying with social media, I think the hype is a lot more. Um, the fashion shows are a lot more exciting. And people want to be a part of it. It's like how Amanda was saying, they should allow more people in because people want to be a part of it. They want to see what's new. Exactly. Yes. So I definitely think, I think it was a nay before, but it's definitely a, a yay now. Like I've seen a fashion show that was, was uh, took place a couple of days ago. It was incredible, an African um, fashion show. It was beautiful. I'll actually post the link when I get home on Fashion Lab. Are you guys, yeah, uh, sorry, are you guys talking about the one with everyone dancing now that everybody has people dancing? Can people no, stop dancing on the runway one, already? Not that one. Gosh. <laughs> Like everybody's exactly. now dancing also on the runway. Shows are becoming more creative. They're becoming more creative in general. They're involving the audience. They're involving yes, the Yes, and people experience. are sending messages through these these fashion shows. Exactly. So it's it's like a big thing. People want to be heard and yeah. they want to be seen. It's a medium now to talk, and yes. talk about your Let class. me tell you one thing that has also changed a lot in fashion shows. Representation, diversity, all these things. You know, yes. older women you know colored women you know yes, men yes this. yes but, and so all yes. that is bringing a whole new era and sometimes you watch a show and you just feel moved because you have to realize fashion shows are actually art they're part of culture some of them can be so artistically done that you're like wow that was an experience sorry and i want to know which fashion week moved you please can you tell me because i want to move oh, i want to feel can, moved i too. can give you a whole oh, no, slew of them they are nice of them. i like the gucci show this year the gucci show did you see that that was, it was good all too. white everything was white and like they had all these different types of models i loved the chanel show with all my college sisters walking down the runway chanel never used to use black girls apart from naomi once upon a time <laughs> true okay so let's be honest all right guys but the let's not but le- was good too. The yes but let's, result was good. let's not get too excited with the whole dancing if i see one more african fashion week with the dancers people dancing and the models changing into dance can we be a bit more creative because the other thing i know that yes we are very creative but do we all have to have all the models breaking into dance at the end of the runway okay i don't know me, do I'm, not, do me, not I'm just me. happy zakia is a year now <laughs> guys for those of you who are tuned in uh is a fashion week is fashion weeks yay or nay are you happy with fashion weeks do you think it has a future uh and if yes what are some of your favorite shows are you excited that you never had access before and now access granted plus the digital plus get up on the stage i'm sure they're about to pull you on stage and say dance gosh it's not a dance cultural <laughs> dancing festival but anyway share with us your thoughts we're on twitter <laughs> at fashion Lab AF. this is fashion weeks any touch on fashion weeks when it comes to glamish fashion weeks as i said i did i was a nay i'm now a yay i'm I, i'm all for um ma- taking a stand and sending your message out there so it's definitely a yay from glamish well guys there you go i'm just happy it's the yeah the <laughs> house is turning me down so i'm not saying anything i'm just moving straight to the <laughs> right <laughs> i am straight moving into the rise of the pop-up economy can we touch on that a bit as well guys and this is all of these conversations are tied into each other because you find like we're talking fashion weeks but there's also an influence of the pop-up economy in it there's also an influence of just the roots of culture and uh the african history around what it is that we bring to the world when it comes to fashion so everything is so tied in and so interweaved that i think i just i'm just enjoying myself and i hope that you are too uh let's talk about the pop-up economy guys obviously with rihanna being the tagline (laughs) (laughs) 
Is it Rihanna or who is it? I mean the pop-up economy. I'm just saying, let's touch a bit on the pop-up eco, the rise of the pop-up economy. I mean, I mean, you just say pop-up economy, but I mean that's retail evolution right there. You know, that's us finding new ways to retail. So I, I think it's here to stay. It's just going to get more beautiful in the way that we do it, more innovative in the way that we do it. Um, I'm popping up right now. So <laughs> hey, everyone's yeah. popping up. But, Are you guys popping up? But in a, it's different though you you do it in a different you do it in all kinds of different ways very we're finding all kinds of because social media is driving the way you pop up now you know in a sense you know so it's it's interesting i mean you've got to find a way for the consumer to see your product without laying out all the funds for having permanent location yeah and guys yeah, also so. uh yes and just for those who are tuned in we also touched on the pop-ups just like thinking about pop-up shops which are obviously 80 percent about 80 percent less expensive than your traditional physical retail stores and we also yeah. spoke spoke about just capitalizing on that growing desire to find and share that unique experience again back to unique experiences the consumer we're dealing with today just wants more and more and more and if you can give them different you can give them unique then you're definitely talking to them so we've got giants like when you think about giants like amazon target also participating in the pop-up craze you know that it makes you realize that this thing is not just about how small and how niche your brand is it's everybody has to gravitate towards that direction otherwise if you get left or if they miss but the where, money pass Liz, where is amazon where is target pop-upping uh, yeah, I think that for me, what I'm saying is like Macy's. What what the Giants are doing, bringing in um, an interesting uh, addition. So they're not losing what they still have physically, but I think that they're bringing in an element of a pop up. I've never seen a Target pop up. Uh, well, you. I mean, I think the way that the Target no. wants to pop up, they'll have to go pop up in Africa because oh that's my where God, they'll get. No, they'll, we don't want them here. But what I mean is a pop-up because a, t a pop-up is usually temporary. So if let's say Target did a tour of Africa and just did pop-up targets, it would work because people would go there and buy. Why did no, you say you know, Africa? They do, they do in store pop-ups now. You know that, right? You know. Yeah, but in store pop-ups for other brands, not for them. No, That's but it's but still the thing is we just know that Target carries how many brands? A lot of brands. And I know that yeah. for sure, based on my research, they, I haven't been to a Target for years, but I know that based on my research, they've actually been setting up pop-up shops. So I mean, pop-up experiences. Yeah, so I'm assuming that it's within yeah. the store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but those pop-up experiences, but Target itself could pop up, you know, because usually pop-ups are like, you know, so if Target went, they could set up pop-up stores in Africa and they would, and that would be the future where all these big brands will start going into continents they don't exist and doing pop-up stores. Well, guys, we know what we're talking about here. We're just saying that we've got big retail giants who are now creating that extra additional um, experience through pop-ups. Whether they do it in-store or they do it, uh, collaborate with other brands or whatever. But if you think way about it, pop-ups are not new because cons concessions are literally pop-ups inside stores. Exactly. Exactly. Consignments are also kind of yeah. pop-ups. Yeah. Um, Guys. I think where the pop-up is really strong is it helps the smaller brand because let's say I have my own brand, I'm selling online, I have my customer base, I can say, listen, I'm going to be at this place for two weeks, you know, and all my customers can come and they can buy. It really helps a lot of smaller entrepreneurs 
you know, having pop-ups, especially in shopping malls, like in big shopping malls in America, they there's little tiny pop-ups in the shopping mall. So you don't have to go and get a shop or anything. You can have your own little pop-up store in the shopping mall and things like that. So I think it's really good for smaller entrepreneurs and people that are trying to get their brand out there and stuff. Guys, I think, yeah, I think the bottom line is just for us to be able to embrace uh, the pop-up economy and the rise of it and what it means, whether it means, um, you know, uh, popping up and creating different um, experiential shopping uh, experiences uh, that these millennials will be able to tap into and to actually be excited about. But I think the idea is to just be able to open up and to be able to evolve with the time. So is there anything else you guys want to add on to this before we roll over? I am good. I'm live, right? <laughs> yes, we are live, Edgy, and the rest, <laughs> and the rest of the crew. We are definitely live, alive, and live. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm crunching for time. Well, anyway, we live. Yes. Well, um. Anyway, we're gonna move on to uh, enough of the rise of, uh, of the pop-up economy, but it's a real, it's a real conversation and it's a real uh, thing. So I think for you who are tuned in, if you haven't. Uh, caught up with that show please find it again on the podcast on passionlabafrica.com or itunes or soundcloud we are moving into the beauty from the inside out this was also a very interesting one with uh, dr michael bang and amanda and um it was a really just very emotive conversation i think that was one of those um shows that sort of made me almost want to cry at the end of it all but it was good um and i think it was just about digging deep um within us why do we do what we do and what does it mean and how we try so much to get to a certain level, whether it's through your surgeries, your countless surgeries, or whether it's through trying to diet, or whether it's whatever it is that you're doing. And then we get back into the basics and you realize that all of these things are back in the mind. So that was a very, very powerful conversation. Any two cents from you, Amanda, you, since you were one of our guests on that show? Um, yeah, that was a powerful conversation. A lot of that conversation was based around um, I think it was based around Dr. Bang's um, working Ghana and the Miko Beauty stuff. That's what we talked about mostly. And um, I guess you can, I can segue it into people finding their true purpose. You know, like I feel like no matter what people do, there's always something else that's calling that can benefit other people. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you have to find it within yourself to just see what it is that you're truly passionate about and that can help someone else rise and basically that's what he felt like his passion was going around africa and helping the underprivileged people given these free surgeries and it was something he wanted to grow and start to build hospitals in africa and the future of healthcare in africa and i think inside each one of us we have something that you know, sometimes we don't know it, but we find it with time and experience that can benefit the world and benefit someone else and or other people and can, you know, not only makes us feel good, but makes us, you know, know that there's more to living than just existing. That's my two cents. Well, there you go. Anyone want to add on anything or is the creme on top of la creme? Si, c'est la creme on top of la creme, on va continuer. Excusez-moi. Let's move on to technology um, in uh, fashion retail. I think that was also a very interesting and very important topic. And uh, we were also joined by um, uh, Sid Hassan uh, of Misspoke. We were also joined by 
um, Melanie Wagner of uh, the Smart Mirror, the Matilda Smart Mirror. And it was just interesting to understand and to see where we are coming from, where we are going, the shift from the brick and mortar retail shopping um, to like what technology is now doing and how it's actually helping us revolutionize all of that. So, and also just the fact that we have to adapt. Remember guys, I promise you, it's like we are, not, we are free, but we are not so free. We have to adapt. If you get left by, behind, now for you. Any two cents on this topic um, in the lab here today? Technology and fashion. Technology and fashion, right? I mean, that's like, what is it now? That's the only thing now. That's the main, <laughs> that's the main trust of fashion right now, the technology part of it. I think it took so long for fashion to catch up with technology in terms of retail or for technology to warm up to fashion. Um, but now it's 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 still it's, it's I think it's the hot, the hottest thing right now how fashion and technology are relating to create the new market or to at least be the right to provide the right interfaces for the new market you know um, so I think that conversation was really really one of our biggest conversations in terms of where the fashion ecosystem is right now now yeah. I mean from a retail point I mean it's it's just uh, the technology allows us to to be influenced you know allows our, our retail techniques to be influenced so it's a, it's a it's a big deal and i hope that people people were able to catch that that show because it was super 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 loaded yep that was a very loaded show we uh our fashion lab top three on that was actually artificial intelligence the reality and mobile commerce and just how those are the mm. key three key three things to always think about when you're getting into this space but like we said for those of you who are left behind <laughs> there's no choice here let's roll over to the rise of celebrity brands which was also a very exciting topic um for those of you who may have missed um the technology in fashion retail it's also up on the podcasts but let's move straight into the rise of celebrity brands because that was also a very uh, special thing we think about um how we have moved on and i said and i made the joke and i still make the joke that you know i woke up one morning and everyone their sister their cousin and their auntie too and everybody now has a brand um so you think about it also from the fact that we are evolving from the time or back in the days where celebrity a lot of celebrities used to just endorse other brands you know and now you've gotten into a place where celebrities now own their brands are the brands fantastic maybe a maybe nay but they're in the brand business they're doing what they need to do and um i think that that's uh, something we have to accept so to move on to compete with that i think we also spoke and tapped on different ways to be able to leverage these brands you know being a celebrity and having a brand doesn't mean that that's the best brand so i think that the business angle of it is what you have to really think about and really make sure that you have the best team and the best professionals around your story around your brand really pushing it up any two cents on um the rise of celebrity brands in the house edgy amanda no that was, that was amanda's baby <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's not my thing i just thought you know i was just kidding <laughs> no, but you had a strong you had a strong conversation on it you had, a, you had some strong points on it <laughs> no i just had i mean i just I, I can't even remember what I said, but I just think, cele I mean, one thing I will say is like, you know, a lot of celebrity brands, you know, they, a lot of these celebrities have big followings and therefore people follow their brands. 
because it's an extension to the celebrity especially if the celebrity yeah. wears it they feel like okay Rihanna wore it so I'm wearing it too and I'm gonna somewhere in our head we think we're gonna be Rihanna or look like <laughs> Rihanna it's the way advertising works and advertising has worked for years um you know it's not like it's just a human thing so you want to you want to be part of that experience and stores have realized that they can also make money from this so a store would go to a celebrity and say listen we'll pay for your manufacturing <coughs> we'll pay for everything just add your name to this you know and we're going to sell a lot and the celebrity will say yes because they get a licensing fee and blah 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 so are we going to see that go away probably not because if you can have your own core following and if you're a celebrity on Instagram, wherever it is, then you can sell to the people that follow you because those people that follow you like you. They want to be part of your experience and they want to support you. So that's why celebrity brands work. Wow, there you go, guys. You've heard it all. It's a beautiful, funny topic. Lots of laughing in that topic as well. And like, seriously, when Edgy said it was Amanda's thing, it was Amanda's thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she took it over. I mean, but it was really good to have, to bring it and run with that that thing. So it's about um, really thinking about those things. And I just want to share the celebrity brand top three, which was our, uh, the first was to outsource to the best. Obviously, it's a business. It's not just a brand. A brand has to make business sense. The second thing is it was about fulfilling market demand. And the last thing was about just not compromising quality. Quality is not a compromise ever. But anyway, I would like us to music. Quick break. Yeah, let's take a quick break. Quick break of music and we'll be right back. You're not getting me without water. <laughs> this is Fashion Lab <laughs> Radio. We're holding it live here. And this is where we dissect the business behind fashion. You are tuned in to this recap around some of the conversations we've been having on this show for the last two, three months. And we're just touching base as we flow and as we go. And I hope that you guys are getting something out of it. Um, we are straight moving on to nativism in fashion, which was that whole homegrown conversation. We spoke about the Chinese. Uh, I remember Amanda unpacked a bit about that. And uh, I spoke about Rwanda being one of the spaces we have to watch and look and appreciate when it comes to how they're operating in the sense that, you know, they've sort of focused so much on the local brands to a point where, um, you know, everything else is not so important. You know how we get so caught up with brands and then you get to a point where you find the communities and the people are actually saying, you know what, let's first do that or let me buy that and then buy that. So anybody um, in the house, uh, we've got Edgy, we've got Amanda, we've got Zakia who also brings her glamish uh, element into the house, which is the beauty segment. Uh, would any one of you just want to recap anything or add on any add on to that topic or add on to that conversation before we move on? I mean, Edgy, uh, uh, sorry, and I also want to just say I remember Edgy. It was your, it was actually this was what I one of the topics I consider hard topics, and I consider them hard topics because it was like, gosh, what are we going to talk about in this? And I remember my angle to Edgy was, and we had a whole back and forth about it was. Africans are not necessarily the nativism crew, you know, like this. Yeah, and he says, actually, that's more reason to have the conversation so that if we are saying that's what yeah. the situation is, then that's what the situation is. So I think that for those of you who are tuned in, also share with us your tweets when it comes to nativism. I mean, we're not, are we as patriotic and as proudly whatever we consider ourselves when it comes to Africa as we are or as we think we are enough to be able to have this topic and open it up in a bigger way? 
we were talking about the Chinese because they are. I mean, talk about yes. Victoria's Secret versus, you know, the whole situation. As you bring us back into that conversation or anything or any extra I mean, highlights. You I remember, I remember I just shared with you, I just shared with the group uh, and this, 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 this past, um, there's an article about the Chinese. Uh, again, right now, like all Chinese fashion has become a big deal for them. There's this like just going back to their roots. But I think for us, what we, we talked about that there was the importance of us recognizing what's ours, you know, and celebrating it so that, yes, we love Gucci, but we also, I mean, we also have local brands and those that are just really, really good and how we can create this interaction. I, I feel we're saying that we didn't think that we were working enough as designers to interact with our communities locally and, and our communities were not doing enough to interact with us so we needed to create this 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 ecosystem where we celebrated each other and i know it's going to how do you do that i think instead of showing in london we can show in uh, in a jergonly i know yes a jergonly will be really scary but, <laughs> but we gotta find ways are to, you talking to africans edgy <laughs> what are yes. you talking to you know they're looking no, at you I with guess, a side eye no, because we've got to be able to localize our work, you know, localize who show, who sees our brands, you know. Yes, we want to be seen outside, but one way to engineer this African love, African fashion is this, you know, these local interactions we must create. Brand, brand, you know, brand to public, public to brand. We, we've got to do that, you know. I think that was one of the things we were... It's a hard topic, but it's it's we've got to we got to fall in love with our designers and our work. It's very good and it's very true. Um, I want to just touch on again just on three top um, fashion lab. Um, uh, the fashion lab top three around nativism uh, the first thing was if it's good and you like it by local so again remember that we never said and we will never say that oh because it's african buy it no you don't have to buy something because it's african on india and you want to buy it because it actually serves its purpose for whatever it is that you actually need right and then the second thing was africa's focus uh, i think the biggest thing was to focus on brand development strategies which we felt was something that was really lacking so when we look at the quality of the brand we've got a tick on it when we look at a lot of other elements of these brands uh, in the continent or emerging from the continent of the diaspora are so many big ticks around them but the question is do we have enough brand development strategies to be able to leverage these brands to where they need to go and the third um fashion lab top three around this was just to be able to have us open up more space with better value for local brands and i think that this is where investment when people are still putting their money african investors why are you putting your money Actually, that's the question right now. African investors, <laughs> private investment, where are you putting your money? Because if it's not coming to fashion, if it's not coming to build, fashion is such a big, the creative hub is such a big industry and it's the only thing that's going to take us to the next stage economically. So I think for me, one of the biggest things, gosh, I got lost there, excuse me, that's how I get and I get very passionate, um, <laughs> is, is that, you know, if we spend more time opening up um, setups whichever setup it's going to be whichever hub it's going to be but hubs where uh brands that are already at the top level are, be, are able to trade easier then we are doing much more you know i think that that's the biggest thing and i feel like as much as yes brand development strategies is a big thing and it's a question i think that the other bigger question is can we get more attention with the money i mean 
I don't finish. <laughs> Amanda, you're quiet. Do you have anything to add on to this before we roll over? No, not really. I'm just listening. <laughs> well, Zakir, anything to add on to this before we roll over? I'm also just listening, Liz. Okay, fantastic. Well, you know what? We have been talking and touching on a couple of different topics. Uh, the last one is going to be social media influence, which was also a very big uh, conversation. And it was a big conversation, but I also call it the cup of tea. Mm, maybe a glass of wine. It was very <laughs> fun and easy. And, you know, it's uh, something that we could all relate to. Everybody who's listening... Everyone who's tuned in can relate to social media because everybody is living on social media, whether we like it or not. And um, I think for me, one of the biggest thing was the relationship between the influencer and the influence was also a big thing. You know, when you think about uh, influencers and what they are supposed to do or what they're about to do or what they said they would do, uh, the money that's flying around. I mean, there's some big money in social media influence. Uh, the sort of statistics around where this thing is going, it's not going anywhere. So if we can get used to it and get comfortable in it, the sooner the better. So anybody uh, with two cents edgy, would you like to share anything on this topic or Amanda? I mean, uh, what does Amanda think? <laughs> edgy what was says, the question again? <laughs> no, I'm just talking about social media influence and the fact that that was a very big topic and you know and I'm just asking if you have any extra insights or anything to share before we move on. Because I mean I'm social not... media influence is influence. I mean I feel like it's a thing about, you know, a lot of people on social media are followed by people that like them and therefore because they like them or they like something they're doing they basically exercise influence over them to a certain extent and would that with social media influences would the whole social media thing <coughs> keep on being um the way forward i think yes because i think as the world gets more and more confusing and people have so yeah. many things like they have to adapt. people start to find their own tribe and those people become their influences and it is through those people they get their news and it is through those people they will go and buy what they need to buy, you know, because there's just everyone, there's just so much in the world now that what is happening is people are trying to just dissect that info down, you know, because they don't have time to watch everything. So you find the people you like a beat on social media or news or whatever. And those are the people that have a kind of influence towards the decisions you make because those are the people you follow. And we're saying that you also have to make sure that whoever you find to be your influencer, like this, it has a relationship with to your brand. Like it's 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 a good fit for your brand, you know? Of course. Um, yeah. And I think that the one thing I remember from Amanda that was really profound was know your tribe. Because it's your tribe yes. when it comes to this thing, whatever it is you're doing. Because at the end of the day, we're, like we said, social media is not going anywhere. So the sooner you're able to identify your tribe and actually sit down and massage them, however way you want to do it, if you want to do it literally or if you want whichever way you want to do it, but you need to like take care of them. Because they are watching you. They want what you have. They like what you have. They like you. Like those who like you guys. Stop spending time liking people who don't like you. <laughs> no, seriously, put your energy on the people. You know what? If you have, a ma if you have, uh, personally, if I have 15 people who I know are so dedicated to me, 
I'm happy to spend my half my time with them and then the rest you can call me tomorrow because I'm busy. But I'm just saying those are the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And I think social media also is a bit it's a bit of a tricky one, Liz, especially when it comes to beauty and glamour. Um, there's a lot of things that are portrayed. I mean, Amanda spoke about it on the show where she spoke about people that are uh, um, struggling to pay bills, but they portray in a life on social media to say that it's so amazing and it's so glamorous and I have all of this. But in behind closed doors, they're really struggling. And I mean, that's where you also get a lot of um, people committing suicide or they, they, they just mental health the way because I mean, we did speak about mental health also a couple of times. Um, it's about being true to yourself and being honest um social media is very big and i think it can become very overwhelming if it's not controlled in the right way it's true guys who are tuned in do you find social media overwhelming anyway you know what that is that for today what i want to do is give you guys a treat are you ready for your treat as treat time Guys, thank you so much for your contribution, Amanda, for Edgy also bringing in your echoes, uh, Glamish uh, Zakia Bam. And for those of you who've been tuned in uh, to the show, thank you very much. We are getting to that step or that stage where we actually start to unwind because it's that time to unwind. And we're going to move straight into that, that one. It's called the Wine Style Guide. So wine style guide if you want to participate and you're not here with us feel free to do this you can do it on instagram for those who are on instagram live you can do it it's just basically saying style and and uh, and wine go hand in hand so what are your tips or what are your etiquette tips around style or what would you advise people who love wine how do you drink wine what whatever you want to bring in so please feel free to share with us your wine style guide but we're going to start with amanda today what is your wine style guide today um my wine style guide is if you're on a date and you're going to drink some wine, make, especially red wine, make sure you have some chewing gum because I find like red wine just makes the mouth just like, you know, you have this, I don't know, when people drink red wine and they talk to me, I just like, it's almost like I want to say, please don't talk to me because <laughs> it, it makes, when they're close to you, you know what I mean? So if you're going to go on a date, make sure you have some gum so when you drink some wine, you can chew some gum because if your date it has a sensitive nose, they might think, oh my God, her breath is so heavy. So just make sure you have some gum. So I know gum doesn't go well with wine, but at least after you drank it, and you know, if, especially if you want to get a kiss, you know, just make sure your <laughs> breath is fresh. Hey, not everyone is trying to drink wine and get kissed, Amanda, but thank you for the tips. That's why I said when you're on a date. <laughs> thank you very much. Edgy, what's your wine style guide today? I'm still learning. Uh, like I said, I'm on a wine course. Um, so today I'm learning about choosing the right glassware for the for the wine, you know. So I'm still learning, but I, I you know, I'm going to be really good at this very soon. But I'm still going through the course. I'm very proud of you, Edgy. So what did you learn about the glasses? Or is it something you're well, still learning? I am reading that, like for the red wine, you know, they have the big glass and like a, a, a really the, the the white wines tend to have smaller glasses. The the, the red wines tend to have the bigger glasses. Um, again, I'm still I'm reading through it. Well, thank you for that, Edgy. And today, my wine style guide is definitely related to Amanda's because when I listened to you, Amanda, I was like, oh gosh, what am I gonna say? But anyway, these things come naturally. So, while Amanda says suggests that you have gum. 
I want to just share on my wine style guide today that also what's tricky is that same gam that is trying to refresh your mouth could actually interfere with how you taste the wine and how it actually flows. And so one of the things I do not do, I do not, um, and I don't know, you can do it if you want, but I'll just tell you, I don't chew gam before wine tasting. I do not brush my teeth before wine tasting, hoping that I'm still fresh. And I also try to brush my teeth. Another thing around NML and toothpaste, guys, NML toothpaste, tooth, teeth, and wine is that when you've had red wine especially, uh, you kind of want to wait for maybe like about an hour. Or I wait for like an hour or two before I brush my teeth. Because what happens is when you brush your teeth immediately, you've had red wine, then you actually weaken your NML. So just two cents. But the one thing I was just wanting to bring back is that same chewing gum that um, Amanda was talking about. Just understand that it is going to influence how you taste your wine and you won't be able, your palate is not going to be able to um, take the wine in. in its yes, that's why I said before the kids, you should have it during your wine. I said before the kiss. And that's if you know you're going to mm. kiss your date. And that's why oh. I'm saying, Amanda, that I'm pulling it back to give people the other side of it because it has two sides. It's okay. like a coin. It has a good side and it has a... Uh, of course, I know, because when you have chewing gum, when you're eating wine, it says the flavor, you can't taste the flavors, but you have to, you have to decide, is it the bottle of wine that's important or is it this future with this guy? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, that is our wine I'm style guide. <laughs> oh my word. That is a wine style uh, guide. Thank you. Please respond. All right, guys, we are moving on uh, into uh, any tips from you, um, uh, Zakia, with your glamish. I know today we had a very freestyle sort of setup where we just wanted to recap um, openly and therefore we killed the segments. Is there anything you want to add on about uh, glamish or anything on glamish or should we just move on straight to the uh, who would you want to dress? Mm, okay, I would say stay true to yourself. Um Always, whatever you apply to your body, let it be something that is edible. If you're not, if you can't eat it, don't use it. <laughs> and um, um, yeah, always take care of yourself. Self care is self love. Oh wow, self care is self love, guys. Mm. We're moving That's on deep. into the who would you want to dress? Can we? Should we? Um, before we move into the who would you want to dress? Um, there's a lot of different comments we've been getting, really good comments. And um, I think that one of the things I want to do is just read out um, a couple of these. I love the fact that, you know, you've got... Uh Guys, I don't want to take too much time on this, but we've got a lot of people bigging us up. I like uh, on the fact that someone's saying, yes, focus on the ones who like you, you know, uh, because obviously you want to spend that time. Um, there's another one that comes that's come from somebody saying wear expensive lipstick that doesn't stick to the glass. <laughs> that's for the wine style. I like that wine style guide. <laughs> and then there's someone who says it can be easily overwhelming for those who haven't figured out how to be content uh, in their current season. Hmm, interesting. Uh, practice holding the glass right. Someone saying that. Damn, we've got so many wine style guides today. Jeez. Noted on the brushing the teeth. Guys, thank you for these messages that are coming in. Uh, we definitely care about your feedback. And we thank you for also plugging in. It's just not, and I know that this is not a wine show, but it's lifestyle and become, somehow we found ourselves in the wine thing. So before we move on, we've got one more for you. Do you have time? If you have a minute, join us on this. Who would you want to dress and why? 
we're going to start with Zakia today. <laughs> Who would you want to address and why? Um, today I would want to address uh, Angelina Jolie. Um, it is October. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, she recently had, not recently, a while back, she had a double mastectomy um, because she had, she was the carrier of the genetic gene of the sorry <laughs> of the genetic mutated gene um and i think she is an incredible person she's uh activist um she does she raises six kids um she recently left great but and i mean his career has been has taken off again and she's i think she's gone a bit under so i would like one i want to address her so that she can also to give her self-esteem yes to just girl does that not, not really self-esteem not self-esteemless <laughs> just basically like a uh reinvention okay yeah fair enough fair enough um edgy who would you want to dress on why today <laughs> today i'm gonna dress a friend of mine a guy who is just he's this this statuist really cool african guy um who is a, a designer here too and his name is odero i think he was on the, he was actually listening to us on the podcast um, I want to put him in in our puffy in our zip front puffy that we're making for for winter. I'm proud of you that you don't want to dress any of us today. Jeez, thank you very much, Edu. That's very good. Keep keep. I had keep, intentions though. Keep working on that. We appreciate that. Um, Amanda, who would you want to dress and why today? I think today I'll just dress myself. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word! Hey. Yeah, there's some days where you have to have TLC for yourself, and I'd like to dress myself because, um, yeah, it's fall. The seasons are changing in LA, so um, it's time to move on from my summer wardrobe to my fall wardrobe before winter. Yes, we do have winter here, even though they're sunny. So yeah, I'd like to dress myself. How about that? Self care, self love. Wow, thank you nice. very much. <laughs> thank you very much, Amanda. And like everybody is just on a different corner today. Today <laughs> I'm so confused though. Today I want to dress all the fabulous women in my life. And I want to dress them because I've, I've got too much stock in my showroom. <laughs> Can someone say amen to the I mean like hello? <laughs> <laughs> Listen guys, I do want to dress you because I do have a lot. I have stuff falling off my back. And I'm not saying that because of the fact that it's bad stuff. It, my stuff is really good stuff, but it'd be really nice to be able to say and sort of categorize it. So that if it's Zakia, if it's Amanda, if it's Francisca, if it's my mommy, if I have stuff for everybody and their mama too. Everybody. So I want to dress all the beautiful women um, in Lizogumbo. Just for the sake of the fact that what? It is October. What month is it? the 10th month of the month <laughs> of the year <laughs> guys it's been really um great having you guys on the show um i think for those who are tuned in again we care about uh your insights uh you can inf email us at info at fashionlabafrica.com if you have conversations that you think we should be dissecting or we haven't touched on that are really important when it comes to building your fashion business or building your fashion company or whatever, however way it touches, however way it elevates you. Uh, we are on fashionlabafrica.com for everything else. Uh, we have this fantastic contributors who just make me laugh all day long and just hold my hand here. So thank you very much for your glamish, uh, Zakia Bam. Thank you, Amanda Vananan. And thank you, Edgy Benson. 
And uh, thanks to Massive for hosting us here. We're here live uh, for a nice two hours just having a fashion lab party. And uh, for those of you who are tuned in, uh, if you didn't get anything out of this, I would suggest... No, let me let me start again. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> got something out of this. So we're going to do it again because you need us. Because I know that. So I'm not going to ask you if you need us. I know that you need us. And I appreciate that. And we appreciate you. And uh, yes, it is peace and love. As we roll out from this lab until next week. Bisous. Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion.